It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I never put much thought into tires in the past. The thought was always to drive what comes on my vehicle. And if I had to replace them, I made my decision based on price. Our friends at Cooper Tires know what they're talking about. Cooper has been an American company since 1914, with more than a century in the tire industry. Each Cooper tire undergoes rigorous testing and are backed by warranty, so you can trust that they'll last for thousands of miles. The Coopers pride themselves on good merchandise, fair play, and a square deal. Always have and always will. Don't overpay or underbuy. Cooper tires do what tires should do and cost what tires should cost. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Crash Course. This is your host for today, uh, Neil uh, Icarito, the merch czar. Been grinding on some holiday stuff, but uh, I'm excited to welcome in a special guest, uh, member, maybe former member of uh, the club under discussion today, Morris County Country Club. I've got Matt Bocci here. Matt, how are you? Neil, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Really excited to, to talk to you guys about MoCo today. That's right. So Matt and I go way back, a couple of Columbia football Lions. Matt is also a member of the uh, Columbia football alumni charity golf tournament championship squad. Myself, Ross Moran, Matt Bocci, Greg Guttis currently hold the title. Uh, that tournament hasn't really gone on in the last two years, so hopefully we can defend that title this year. Uh, all that to say, Matt's an avid golfer. Matt, how'd you get linked up with Morris County Country Club? Yeah, it's uh, it's not the most glorious story or anything like that. But uh, as you said, we were uh, went to Columbia. Had been living. I'm originally from the West Coast, um, so I've been living on the East Coast and looking to join a golf club. Um, and my now wife, then girlfriend, um, went to school on the West Coast, but her roommate was from the East coast and had grown up, uh, her and her three sisters, um, and family at Morris County. Um, so had looked at a handful of clubs in sort of the greater New York area, um, and had played Morris County once or twice with, uh, with Jennifer and Patrick and, uh, you know, just really liked the feel of the club, the very welcoming place for a kid from California, uh, living in New York city. Um, you know, I think that they ha have a great deal for junior members as a whole. Um, so just felt really at home and um, very thankful for my time at Morris County. Yeah, and I think that leads us into basically, you know, first question, where is this course? It's straight west of the city, right? And I'd say I played a lot of golf around New York. I know you have too. It's probably one of the most convenient clubs if you're living in Manhattan specifically. Not so much Brooklyn, Queens, but if you're living on the west side of Manhattan, you can get out the tunnel depending on the time of day, but you're there in what, 30 minutes? Yeah. Uh, if I leave in the morning and I lived in downtown, 
uh, through the Holland Tunnel. I can get there and call it 30 minutes. But if I'm coming back on like a Sunday night um, after a, a day out in the country, um, it, it can be an hour coming back through the yeah. tunnel. So uh, it does vary, but it's about 25 miles. It's sim similar to uh, Rockaway Hunting Club on the if you're living in Brooklyn. You know, one of the first, I would say, nice courses you can get out to. You know, if you're a member, obviously. Uh, so who can play it? Uh, it is it is members only. But I found as a guest of yours uh, on multiple occasions, I agree with you, very welcoming. Um, especially knowing that it's a, a Seth Rayner design and it's it's old. It's founded in 1894. Um, when you compare it to other Rayners clubs, based on you know with with Rainer courses, it feels like the most accessible, most <laughs> welcoming vibe of of any of those courses that I've played. And I have not played them all, but there's you know several in the Northeast that are much more like you are lucky to be here. You are on hallowed ground. This is basically an art museum. Watch your step. Yeah, I, I would generally agree, and I think that you know there's a handful of factors in there, but um, it's uh, it's definitely a very welcoming place. Um, the club itself, I think, prides itself largely on being sort of a family club, um, and and as a result, um, you know, they treat guests as their own. Um, you know, you'll be standing at a table outside, and someone doesn't recognize you, they'll come up and introduce themselves and say, "How are you?" Um, you know, it's largely. Uh, you know, an outdoor, we have this nice patio over the 18th green. And, and that's generally where you'll see most of the people hanging out um, around the golf course, um, as opposed to, you know, hunkering down in the bar and, and sort of hanging out in there. Um, but I'd also say like the, the, the rackets and the, and the pool community are also, um, you know, pretty, pretty vibing. Um, I don't participate much in, in the rackets because of my knee problems, but um, I, I two time do think, ACL uh, member of the ACL torn, the torn ACL club, my guy. Matt Bocci couldn't catch a break in the defensive backfield at Columbia. Yeah, had a, had a little trouble there, so I, I avoid things that could potentially ruin my future golf seasons. Um, but no, it, it's a really welcoming place. I think that in general, um, no one feels uh, like they don't you know leave Morris County having having a nice time and meeting a new friend. And I I, I want to give a shout out to just Northern New Jersey in general. Um, my fiance Carson is from. Uh, Bernardsville, which is the next town out on the train line. So one town west of Morristown, where Morris County Country Club is. Uh, very much a suburb of New York City, but not in the, you know, Sopranos intro, intro video, you know, opening credits type New Jersey, where you're, you know, basically like the, what the drive looks like from Newark. Uh, I feel like Morris County is is like horse country. Gr rolling hills, it's it's beautiful. And it's given me, spending a lot of time out there with Carson, and also at Morris County has given me like a new opinion impression of Northern New Jersey and how nice, uh, how nice it is. Basically the farther West you get from the city, it just gets like the land gets nicer and nicer. Um, so what do you, what do you think the, the membership, is it mostly locals that live out there or is it a lot of bridge and tunnel folks like yourself? No, it's, it's primarily locals. Um, God, I, I've been in Morris County for I think five years. Um, and if I don't know someone that well, or they might've forgotten, you know, they ask me where I live quite frequently and it's, it's never the city or the suburbs. It's always, mm -hmm. is it Chatham or Madison or New Vernon or wherever it might be in the local towns where people come from. So I'd say other than the junior program, which is, which is quite large for uh, like relatively um, I'd say most people live right there between, you know, summit and, and Bernardsville and Morristown, which I kind of have, thanks to our friend Jerry Riley sort of called Del Barton County. 
Sure. Um, and, <laughs> um, so, uh, but I'd say like, you know, maybe a good 25 or 30% of the junior membership comes in from the city. So uh, if you don't have a car, it's still relatively easy to get to and from. There's also a train that runs right next to it. And it's actually right next to the sort of the eighth, tee, eighth green and uh, 10th green and 11th tee box. Um, so that's, I'd say, a, a, a sometimes annoying feature of the course. But, uh, you know, it's a characteristic of the course as well. Come on, we uh, like infrastructure around here. No, no issues with trains rolling by the course. And uh, so, yeah, I'd say there, there's a decent city contingency, but it's largely uh, a uh, Morris County and broader area uh, club. Yeah. All right. So the history of this place, I did a little research beforehand. I'm curious if you know uh, some of these fun facts. Uh, private club, as I said earlier, founded in 1894, designed by Seth Rayner, initially established and operated exclusively by women. The only one of its time in the United States, and it was the first woman-run club to become an official USGA member in 1895. Did you know that? Yes. Hell yeah. It's uh, it's it's. I'd say it's it's widely celebrated at the club. Um, I wouldn't say it's like in your face by any means. I think the club as a whole is a relatively like humble place, um, despite having uh, a ton of history. Obviously, 1894. That's very early. I think. The USGA was founded in 1893 or four. So it gives you a little bit of context on how early that is. Um, I think there's been two USGA presidents who were members of Morris County. Um, again, not like widely talked about, but um, gives you a little context into the history of the club. Um, and then just in the last year or two, I can't remember. I think it, it was last, last year they did, they put in some new statutes or figures that, um, sort of celebrate and outline the history of the club being a women's club. Um, they're really cool. Um, they're like little monuments right next to the practice putting green, you know, the first tee. Um, so if anyone's playing there, they're, they're never going to miss them. And, and I take about two minutes to read all four of them, I believe. Um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, noted at the club. Yeah. Well, my favorite source, Wikipedia, uh, led me to another source, the morristowngreen.com article, uh, from which I got this quote on April 10th, 1894, a group of women met in Morristown to plan their new enterprise of a golf course. This group, which formed was headed by miss Nina Howland as president with other officers, including miss H Pumley and miss William Shippen, uh, miss fields and miss Charles Bradley. I just wanted to call out some of the hitresses uh, that, that were founding members. I think they called them like the founding mothers. Uh, which is good stuff. And then the group rented 20 acres of land and the first course was laid out with only seven holes. Uh, and then it sounds like uh, beginning in 1895, the course was expanded to 18 holes. Sounds like the men may have taken over at that point, which is a bummer. Uh, and then over the next couple of years, uh, you know, the, the Rainer design was put in and then it hosted the USM in 1898. Um, so definitely some, some good history. I didn't know any of that before, uh, doing a little research for this pod, but I also picked up a good Harper's weekly quote. Anytime you can quote an old newspaper or magazine, it's you always should quote. The USGA has selected the course of Morris County golf club as the scene, <clears throat> as the scene for the amateur championship meeting of 1898. And the choice is a wise one. The club's location is central. The accommodations for visitors are excellent. And the playing conditions are of the first order. Uh, I would say that that still rings true today. I think that probably sums up what we were just saying, and I, I couldn't say it better than the author of that uh, Harper's Weekly. 
love a good uh, old school journalist right there. You know, they don't write them like that anymore, Botch. No, they don't. So uh, anything else history-wise that I'm missing here? Any any other famous members? I know you mentioned the USGA presidents, but any anything else people should know about the history of the course? Uh, not, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I would say the only thing to add there is there's a big push going on right now to sort of celebrate that history. Um, we, I think, hosted uh, a mid-AM event um, last year in the state of, for the state of New Jersey. Um, and I do think that there is a, a push to invest more in hosting more sort of New Jersey uh, golf association tournaments as well uh, to grow the brand and, and, and get exposure similar to you know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And once uh, I remember last time I was there, we were having dinner and I think some of the club that you guys had a team, you were playing, I think Baltus Raw. you guys, it seemed like an inter club tournaments were a big deal. Yeah. So there is this one called the quadrilateral. I think it's called a quadrilateral. I think the first one. Um, and <laughs> sure. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been going on for, I think uh, now 122 years uh, between Tuxedo Country Club in New York uh, Morris County, Somerset Hills, and Rumson Country Club in Central Jersey on the shore. Um, and until this year, Morris County had a nice little, I think, three-peat going. They, they lost a tuxedo on tuxedo's turf this year. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool tournament. Um, you know, been going, obviously, been going on a long time. It's a very big honor at the club to participate, um, generally reserved for sort of, you know, the top players, um, in addition to the, the president of the club. And uh, an honorary captain, and I, I believe those two are net um, matches. But there's nine available points within a, um, a match, and you're playing, you know, front back overall against one player from each of the other clubs. Um, so it's kind of a mind, you know, game in so far as like some guy you're playing against from another club might be out of the hole, but then you're still grinding out, you know, four foot putts against the two others. Um, so it's a little bit of a different um, format than than most play, but um, I, and I've never participated in. It. I'm not good enough. Um, but um, <laughs> one day, but, bud. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Non-residents probably don't get the look. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, everyone I know who's played in it um, has always had great things to say, win or lose, um, and, and it does sound really cool. I don't think there's anything that gets grown men jacked up like meaningless competition. <laughs> so seeing something seeing meaningless competition that's 100 years old that gets me jacked up yeah so that's good stuff all right so what do you think of the course what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of morris county um i'd say playability um if i had to look, take like a, a kind of top-down approach um i've always believed in one of the things i've liked most about playing with all sorts of different players at the club, bringing guests of all different types from different skill levels. Um, you could be a two handicap or a 25 handicap and you're going to walk away from Morris County challenge and, and ha having enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important. You know, there's other clubs, I won't name any uh, and courses that I do believe like beat the hell out of certain players. And that's not really, it's not how you grow the game. That's not how you grow a membership at a private club. Um, so I do think that um, Morris County's length, it's not that long, even for a par 70. Um, that makes it more playable, so you don't always have to hit drivers all the time. Um, and uh, the greens are quite big. You know, they're tough. I three-putt all the time on these yeah. big greens, but it allows you to hit more green and regs than maybe uh, a course that maybe I grew up playing on the West Coast that are sort of smaller greens. Um, 
but these things that Morris County have multi tiers. Um, and so if you're on the green, but you 60 feet top side coming down bottom left. Yeah. Good luck getting up and down from there. Um, yeah. but I do think playability is something that I, I, I really do believe stands out at MoCo despite, you know, not being easy or mundane. Yeah. As a guest, I would echo everything. I mean, the word that comes to mind for me is underappreciated. And I think, you know, simply because of that Seth Rayner design, um, I don't think it gets enough love compared to, you know, other storied Rainers in the Northeast. And and when I came out the first time, I was like, man, I'm seeing all these templates. This is like you're you're seeing, you know, Seth Rayner's work. But like you said, it's very approachable. It's a fun round. Um, it's the course isn't it, it. You know, it's a challenge at a par 70 from a length perspective. But I feel like there's a lot of short par fours. Um, and then, you know, as a, as you, someone like me goes, I go out there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to bully this place. And there's so much trouble. There's so many bad spots you can get around those greens on the short fours specifically, um, that, that you walk off the course. And when I play well out there, I always feel like I earned it. And when I play bad, I can't wait to get another crack at it, which I think is, you know, it's a little bit of an abstract thing, but I, not every course makes me feel that way. Like there's a lot of courses you go play and you're like, you almost feel sheepish when you play well. You're like, oh, I should play well out there. Um, but I think I've played out there with you three or four times. And each time I feel like I start to appreciate it more. Uh, I also think the par threes are, are really, really good and some good templates. The second is, is the short, I believe. And then, uh, or the third hole, sorry, third hole is the short. Um, and then you've got yeah, the, that, uh, that, that short hole. I've played other short holes. Um, I think that short hole is probably the hardest one I've ever played. Um, it's 120 yards, call it, give or take five, depending on where they put the pin in the tees. Um, it's massively sloped on like the right to left, uh, back to front. So you can hit the middle of the green. If you have any spin on it, it can roll off the green and it can sometimes even roll into the front bunker. Um, long is completely jail. You have about, you have a big bunker behind it. Then you have about five more yards until you're into the Heather. Um, and good luck getting up to up and down from back there. Um, that, that, that hole can be pretty menacing for a 120 yard hole, which is obviously the intent. Um, but th this one I do think is especially challenging. I also like that it's early in the round. Most of the time you get a short par three uh, or that template on a Rainer course, it feels like it's later in the round. And that that's a tone setter. Anytime I've played out there, it's like you, you walk up expecting to hit the green. And when you don't, you're like, Oh my God, things are going sideways here. And the other thing about that hole is a lot of shorts. I feel like are, you're hitting down to it. And this one feels like it's level and the green is, you know, it's almost got the volcano feel like it's not above you, but it doesn't feel like you're, you know, you're not looking down on the hole, which uh, I appreciate. I think it makes it a little bit harder um, yeah, you know, to, to it is, feel it for is. the distance. It is definitely a tone setter, I think, as well, because the first hole is a little bit of a handshake par four. Um, you know, it's only about 310 yards. You know, big hitters like you try to either drive it or can get something up pretty close. Uh, but it does have a challenging green and that it all runs off the off the back. Um, so it's it's not an easy it's not an easy hole, but, it, you know, it's easy to get one out in the fairway, have a look at maybe a green and reg and try to make a two putt. The next one's a part. The second hole is a part five. Um, with a big advantage if you can get down the hill. So it goes from something you can't get into if you can't get down the hill to something like a, a six or a seven iron in your hand if you get down the hill. Um, so there's a world in which a golfer goes out and play in Morris County and they, you know, they go birdie your par on one, they go, you know, birdie on two, and they're like, oh, this thing's, I'm going to eat this thing alive. And then they see that the third hole is an 120 yard par three, and they look at that sort of, you know, 
drooling like, oh man, I'm going low today. And they fly it yes. long, double bogey. And exactly. To, to then give the course respect again for the next, you know, 15 holes. Yeah. And then, and then that's when the, the just onslaught of, of weird par four starts, right? It's like, you're, and I would say several of those holes, you're getting the elevation change. I mean, the one that uh, jumps to mind, I think four, you're hitting up over the hill. But then the one, the two in the back of the property, one's a dog leg left. Is that, is that five um, by the tennis courts? By the tennis courts is five. It's short. Uh, I yeah. think you actually flew it once from the tee. Yes. And so but there's a ton of trouble waiting for you there. And then six is probably the hardest hole in the freaking course. And that's, that's also, you know, no more than 310 yards, 320 yards, but that green's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I, I think when I argue with this with friends and, and members all the time about that hole, I think it's the most above par of every hole I play. Um, again, yeah, 310 yard, like sort of dog leg left, but it's really just protected by this tree line on the right. So you more just have to play it out, but you can't you can't play it too far out right because the fairway runs off to the right hand side and you'll get into this kick and you'll be blocked out from the green and two. Um, so you got to be smart about what club you're hitting off the tee. There's a little bit of risk reward. If you can hit something high enough over the trees with enough length, you do have a big advantage and you can have a wedge in. Um, but then you get to that green, you know, kind of, it looks like no other green on the course. So it does make me shake my head a little bit about like what Seth was thinking. Um, but it's small covered by bunkers on all sides. If you're right or long, you're dead. Um, I think front bunker is the best place to miss, which is always a sad thought going into a hole. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so that one's hard. And then that takes you into the seventh hole, which is this big Alps punch bowl um, par four where uh, you're hitting over two hills. Basically um, if you stay on top of the first one, then you have a long second shot into the punch bowl. Um, but you can see the hole. If you get down the first hill, then you have a blind second shot over another hill, but obviously the punch bowl green sort of gives you a little more confidence despite the blind shot, but that's a 450 yard par four, you know, not slope adjusted. Um, that can be with, with OB down the right side the whole time, <clears throat> which is a, a really unique hole. I think that that's one that, you know, everyone plays and will never forget. Um, and then that actually leads you into probably my favorite yeah. hole on the course, the eighth hole. Um, which is generally my belief on why a, a hole is good is if it's polarizing. Yes. And uh, you have a lot of hot takes on that hole from guests, members, uh, good golfers, bad golfers, which, uh, which I think is, is really cool. Which is one of the longer par fours out there. Eight is. Yeah. It's probably about 420 yards. Um, yeah. It feels like a beast and you're playing uphill dog leg kind of, it's kind of like weaving, like almost mad maxing you up the, uh, up the gully. And it, you know, you, you start like when we're talking about right now, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's not that hard of a hole, but you can just like, I don't know, man, you can find so much trouble. If you, if you got to find the fairway and then you're still going to, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not rolling out much. You're going to have a long iron in there. Yeah. You can try to chew off more, but obviously that brings in more trouble. If you try to take the safe approach, then you're going to have like for a right-hander, this big draw lie into a cut, like shot it's a, it's a really hard one to execute the green looks really straightforward because it's just like relatively flat and squared off but it's actually massively sloped um so people underestimate sort of how quick that is coming from back to front and then you got um, the train back there distracting you as you mentioned earlier back by the green yeah. the train's coming in you know uh but i just think it's a really good use of land where maybe not all designers would have had sort of the same vision for how to use that part of the course 
Um, so I, I think that that's one of the reasons I, I really like the hole. Um, and I think it between six, seven, eight, and then you're going into nine and 10, that five holes is, I think it's just a beast of five consecutive holes to try and score. Yeah. And it's so, and that's what I, I love about it is normally I would probably get frustrated if a course started, you know, par four, then par five, par three. And then I've got, you know, hole four through really through 10 are just straight par fours. Right. So on the card, you're like, man, that's kind of boring. But then you realize like they're all different types of par fours. You've got short fours, you've got blind shots, you've got template holes, and then you've got like a beast like number eight. So at no point when I play out there, do I feel like I'm bored every tee box. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And it's almost like roulette where a lot of these short ones or even the, uh, um, the Alps punch bowl, you know, number seven, you, there's an opportunity to like do something crazy or like take the risk and like have it pay off. But I've found when I've played out there, it's like, if you try to do it on every hole, like you're, you're going to get shot in the head. Like there's going to be a bullet in the chamber on one of those, on one of those holes. And so you gotta, you have to have some discipline. And so that's always fun coming through that, like, you know, that stretch of holes. And it's just like, can I hang on? Like how, how much can I press the envelope here? Uh, you know, trying to hit the hero shot. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of that, and one of the things I like a lot about it is like, what you take off the tee matters. Um, so yeah, sure. There's some players out there that are so consistent with, with their driver that if they're on, they can probably, you know, kind of power through those holes. But like, we all know your game, um, despite being a long hitter, you know, accuracy is getting goal. better, but yeah, I should, <laughs> so I should hit driver less instead of the driver on certain holes, but you're still like, you still have a nine iron or an eight iron coming in with a five wood instead of, uh, you know, 54 degree with a driver, like that's fine. You know, and as I said before, these are big greens, you know, you're a good putter. There's still a lot of, you know, opportunity to be had taking less. Um, but yeah, there's only a handful of holes where you can really get snake bit. And I'd say six, seven, eight, um, definitely. Cause those are three of uh, probably only four or five holes where you can really lose a ball. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start off so hot and you think you're having this great round and if you get a little over your skis, it's like, oh crap! I just shot forty-two again on the, yes. on the front because that those last five holes on the back can really get you. Yeah, and then on the back nine, I think the par threes really stand out to me. Um, what so twelve? Um, is that the reverse for Dan? Yeah, twelve's the reverse for Dan, and then fifteen's uh, like a long. I don't believe it's a template. It's like kind of a long two hundred and fifteen yard. Uh, downhill with a nice like shoulder on the right hand side, but it also has a bunker protecting that shoulder. If you push a little too far, right. Um, and then that hill kind of feeds you into another bunk greenside bunker and then bunkers on the back. So like that's the number 18 hole on handicap on the course, but it's a, still a 215 yard into wind part free. Yeah. Um, and, and then the 17th hole uh, is really just, I think a beautiful Eden hole. Um, it, I know uh, that's, that is the most beautiful like scene like that. It looks like a painting when you walk up on that tee box. It's just, it looks great. You, all you want to do, you just want to hit an awesome shot there. Cause it's like, Oh my God, this is just, you feel like you're in the arena and then, you know, you miss the green. Um, especially if you miss over there to the right. Cause in the green Canton from like back, right to front left and everything's sliding away from you. So if you're, you know, it's the biggest green on the course, probably you miss that thing and you're boned. I mean, that, that I can hit some pretty good iron shots into that. And I know, and, and, and not just me, any member probably plays there enough knows like that's going to be a hard two putt. Um, you know, it is pretty severely sloped from, from back to front. 
Um, and as a result of that, you know, you're blowing on some of these balls, um, you know, three inches outright, hoping that you you get the fall line. Otherwise you're going to have a nine footer coming back. And like, sometimes I get frustrated with that. Honestly, um, I don't know if that's really how the hole might've been designed, you know, get some erosion in the front, maybe that makes it a little more sloped than it originally was. Um, but uh, it, it is also the appreciation for it, uh, the course and, and the challenge that it is. And, it, and sometimes it helps when you got, you know, like a two hole press going to the uh, yeah. last two holes. I know some weird stuff has happened there and on, and on 16, uh, tell the people about number 16. I know that's been a, a bit of a lightning rod at the club. Yeah. 16, like similar to a lot of the holes we're talking about is like a relatively like uh, straightforward par four insofar as it's probably you know, 380 yards. Um, pretty straightforward off the tee um, with a little bit of, you know, OB trouble on the left um, and, and some Heather on the right, but for the most part, like pretty uh, straightforward fairway. Um, and then we used to have this green, it's called the Gibraltar green. It is a template and uh, it has this massive false front. You, we're talking like you land a nine iron, you know, low iron into the middle of the green and it rolls all the way down off the front, um, leaving you with sort of this devilish chip. Okay, I'm going to try to not do that again. So I'm going to bang some, you know, bump and run into the front hill. Okay, cool. Well, then you have a 15-footer coming back that you're going to roll off the green. Like four putts are always on the table. Um, I've so been a victim. Four putted, I think, second or third time we played. Cause yeah, you're right. You put it, you put it over the green, and then the chip coming back. You're degreen. You're you know you're probably trying to putt that from the rough. You're degreening that one. Um, but there was talk of expanding the back oh, shelf. Did. Two years ago, they did. Okay. Um, they they expanded the back level by about I think ten or fifteen feet. So not a ton, but it gives you more holes. Um, and it allows you to sort of hedge against the front. But coming back is still quite ta- challenging. So I do think that they really honored the integrity of the design. Um, while making it a little bit more modern and, and making the hole a little bit more fun. Yeah. And then I got it wrong. It, the reverse Redan is 13. Yeah, 13, right? right? Yeah. 12, so, is the, 12 is the cable. Yes, which is also awesome. Um, yeah, short cool. short four, a lot of risk reward there. But I just think that reverse Redan, like one of the true, like let's use the kickers, you know, like if you hit yeah. that top left, you know, hump, it's going – probably all the way to that back pin, which is probably, I don't know, 60, 70 feet away. Um, and you're also hitting uphill there. So you don't, one of the things I like about that is some redans and reverse redans you play and you can kind of see, you know, you have a good idea of, of if it's going to be good or not. That one's a total payoff when you walk up. You're like, man, I just don't think I got that one far enough. And then you're, you're pleasantly surprised or, you know, it's depending on, you don't really know how far back the pin is either. So it's kind of like, it, it forces you to be like, I've got to play the kicker because I, you know, that's my only hope at getting this anywhere near it. Yeah, I think that that's right. I, I definitely agree with some of the surprise that I felt um, on shots that I thought were great and where it ended up and shots that I didn't think were very good and where it ended up. Um, I, I do think that long is probably like a safe call, obviously long on the green. Uh, if you try to take the kicker on too much and fly long, into the back bunkers protecting that side. Uh, good luck getting up and down. It's yeah. really uh, unfair and penal down there. But, uh, you know, if you want to go up half a club and you land it on the green, it runs all the way to the back, which will leave you with a 40 or 50 foot putt, as you said. Um, that's still a relatively easy putt, straightforward putt, because most of the pins find themselves on 
the right half of the green from the tee box. There is a back left pin um, that I think no one's ever actually hit it there on purpose. Um, it is really hard to hold that. Um, and the only way to kind of have a, a decent chance at par when you have that is to have an uphill putt probably coming from the back right to a back left pin. Yeah. Any other holes in the back that personal favorites or, or worth acknowledging? I mean, they're all worth acknowledging. I, I do think I really enjoy um, the 18th hole um, simply because it's the only hole with the water. We have two ponds ever really comes in. Um, but I also God, think the purist would hate you saying that you know, <laughs> having, having a, having a random retaining pond. Come on, man. What's know, this, what's this modern bullshit? It, it, but it helps, uh, you know, some of the, uh, it makes you think about what you're going to off the tee. Yeah. So not being like the biggest hitter in the world myself, like it helps me think a little bit more about what my competitors are going to be hitting on the 18th hole. Um, it allows for that risk reward to a degree. Um, but more than anything, why I like the hole is, as I said before, like the, the patio is right there. You just have a bunch of people hanging out sort of, you know, chirping you a little bit, but also clapping you on if you hit a good shot. And I do think that just generally having that, um, experience there and then you finishing the 18th hole and kind of going up there and hanging out for a little bit is very representative of, of Morris County as a place. Yeah. I think there's a good reveal coming around the tree line and seeing the, the club sitting up on the hill, uh, over the lake. Um, it is a, it is a nice Nice vibe to finish on for sure. Um, all right. So what's, what, what would you say? What's the best you've, you've shot out there? You know, we always, you always gotta, gotta record your scores here on the crash course or, or what's your average? I think the best I've ever shot there is 73. Um, but my average is probably like 81. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like I can go out there and eject myself with the best of them. Um, but if you play well, like you can be rewarded. Um, I'd say like, better be a decent putter or probably score well there. Um, you can get in some real trouble if you're not, but um, it's not that long. You don't have to take driver that much. Um, so I, I still think, you know, shooting in the seventies is uh, a good score, but it is a par 70. So you, you get a little bit of a vanity check. Hell you're yeah. like, Oh, I got 79. You're like, Oh, that's nine over. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah. But uh, that's I a feel- cheap thrill in, in at any course of like, all right, cool. The 70 streak is alive, even though that's, probably more of an 81 uh, or, or a, an 80, but whatever. Uh, I've 76 is my best. I think um, I was trying to look up the the stats, but like, and I feel, I, I was thinking about, it, I was like, man, I remember one round I played out there. I felt awesome about it. And it's like still six over. It's like, you know, it's, it's a very rewarding feeling. You feel like you kind of rose to the occasion for me. I think it is a test of discipline. As I said earlier, it's like, Hey, I, I kind of, I didn't let myself do the stupid thing just enough to you know put up a decent score but like you said i think 82 83 84 have all been on the card out there as well and then it's like it's not like i'm walking away like oh this you know because some of the shots are a little mickey mouse like the alps punch bowl some of the blind tee shots and i don't walk away saying like oh that place is is too gimmicky or anything like that i I feel like the the shots are maybe because it's so old and you know it's you know it has that history that probably helps it um but I, I don't, I, I feel like you're hitting quality golf shots and you're hitting fun golf shots pretty much all day. Yeah. I think like you can sort of look at anything that you might think is gimmicky, uh, but then you can sort of back it up with like, but, but it has a punch bowl. So it's like, okay, like that sort of gives back a little bit to the player. As yeah. I, I know that you just had a, like a challenge getting up this hill. Um, and now you're actually rewarded with a blind shot on top of that. It's like, okay. Take, take a deep breath. You have a punch bowl that you can blow something, you know, 20 yards left. It's going to catch the left side and roll five feet. Yeah. 
Definitely. They're, 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 they're leaving some hints out there for you. Thank you, Seth. We, we appreciate it. You know, you think of Morris County Club, it sounds like you've moved to the West Coast. Is it, are you going to stay a member? Is it something like, how do you, you know, do you feel like it has, as a club for you, do you feel like you'll outgrow it or, or is there like longevity? Do you want to continue to be a part of it? Yeah, no. So they have a non-resident member option. So I've uh, converted to a non-resident member, uh, at least for the time being. Um, I've, I, as I said earlier, I've had an awesome time and experience at Morris County. Um, I've made a lot of friends there. Um, shout out to the, the deeper state. Um, and um, uh, I, I really enjoy the club. To be completely frank, like the West Coast, like there's a lot of really great golf. There's not as many of these sort of community and, and neighborhood family clubs. Um, and as a result of sort of that disparity, um, you know, the cost is a lot different from what you'll see at some of the clubs out here on the West coast versus on the East coast. So I do think that, you know, Morris County for the you know average family is more approachable than what you, you might see um, in some other parts of the country. And I love that about it. Um, in addition, um, you know, we talked earlier, like Columbia football, I spent the last 12 years in New York. Like I still have like a, a deep attachment and, and, you know, admiration for the East coast and for New York city specifically. Um, but then Morris County is like another reason for me to sort of go back. So I do hope that with Columbia and football and, um, you know, New York city and Morris County that me and my family can spend, you know, many more summers at Morris County. Yeah. The one other thing I want to shout out just, uh, something I remember parting thought is, and it's not just Morris County, but it's the caddy, uh, the caddy culture at a club like Morris County in the Northeast where it's, it's not, you know, I wouldn't, you know, they're not, you know, honestly probably on this tier of like Baltus Roll or some of these big shops like Wingfoot where you're like, Oh, they're definitely going to have a big caddy program. But it's it, every time I've had a caddy out there, the, you know, it's a guy that's doing it as a profession and I'm all for like Evan scholars and kind of getting the kids involved with caddying. But sometimes there's something to having like a wily veteran caddy. You know, that's just like he's working at a bunch of different courses in the in the, you know, greater New Jersey area. And the guys are characters, man. And it adds to the round. And, you know, it it, it adds a, a ton as a guest when you co- go to a place like Morris County and you can have, you know, someone looping for you. Yeah, we, I think we have a really good blend of, um, you know, uh, professional caddies, people that do this all year round or for 50 percent of the year. Um, and then also, you know, kids that are, you know doing this as their high school summer job uh, yeah. or when they're back from, from college. So I, I do think there's a really good blend of that. Um, and it's something that I've always appreciated because growing up in the Bay area and in California as a whole, um, you know, caddy programs in general are, are very rare. Um, and if a club does have one um, it's sort of all professional um, and the expectation would be that you would take one every round yeah. Um, it's just, a, it's a little bit different. Um, and I've learned a little bit about why these things existed and, and why, um, they mean a lot and they're very much a pride point, um, for the club. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Carl, our, uh, director of outside operations has done a great job and, and takes a lot of pride in, in the program he's built there. Well, shout out to Carl and, and all the good folks at, uh, Morris County country club and shout out to you, Bosch, for, for hosting me out there. I appreciate the uh, the hospitality and thanks for coming on the crash course. For, for those you that don't know, have- Matt is probably I don't know maybe the top. He's in the top one percent of NLU Pro Shop customers as well. So we appreciate his patronage in there. Uh, go visit the shop. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Neil.